and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And in 2024, this is super exciting news for me. This show was presented by ASICS every single episode of 2024. Thank you so much, ASICS. I have about 12 pairs of ASICS shoes upstairs, and I will say 11 of them I purchased. I love these shoes so very much. Yesterday, I ran in the Nova Blast 4. These came out last month. They are fantastic. I've had every version of the Nova Blast. Going right back to the first one, which I loved, the Nova Blast 4 provides Max Cush with an unbelievably fantastic upper. I think it's the best upper on any shoe I've ever tried. Max cushioning, but also a little bit of pop in there for if you want to run those faster, easy runs or some of those threshold runs as well. I can't recommend it highly enough. Go to ASICS.com today to check out that and so many of their other offerings. Today is the last episode of the California International Marathon series. Today we have Haruni Wisharatna and Bethany Sockleben. We are talking about teamwork and working together, and two people who have helped each other, not only in training, but also get through some major things in their lives. And I love this, the the partnership aspect, the communal aspect of running, that means so much to so many people. And while we do talk about the race that they had at the California National Marathon and things like that, ultimately, it wasn't about that. It was about the connection and how we can all lift each other up and help each other when things go down. And I just couldn't wait to talk to both of these amazing people, and I can't wait to bring it to you. So let's get into my episode right now with Haruni and Bethany. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. We are here at the California International Marathon here in Sacramento, California, where today one of the best races in the country has just finished up and we are here with Haruni Wisratna and Bethany Sockleben. Thank you so much for coming on the show, both of you. We talked before this weekend about you guys coming together and coming on the show because you have such an interesting relationship in terms of improving as a duo helping each other out uh, through the training cycle. And we've talked so often on this podcast about the community aspect of running and how runners can help each other in the process. But it seems like the bond that you two have created in the training process kind of of supersedes what a lot of runners have in terms of like the people that they train with in time. And I really appreciate you coming out today. I know the race didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to go for both of you. But as everyone who's listening to this and watching this knows that happens to so many of us, right? And so many times races don't go quite the way that it hopes. So before we dive into, you know, all of the background between you two, just like quick elevator pitch, but like what happened today on the course for each of you, I guess, Haruni, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, I just had a really rough day out there. Um, the legs, so I'm coming back from a a pretty rough injury where both of my high hamstrings and a sacral stress reaction and I guess the nature of the course just wasn't it just didn't lend to me having a great day today and very early on I started feeling some twinges back there and tried to be tough good form all of that and it just didn't work out every time we went uphill it was just like a flip was switched off and I was losing power and so having been injured before not too long ago I didn't want to put myself back there so I had to make a really hard decision to drop out just after the half marathon split. And have they, have you had that experience before where you had to pull out of a race? I have, yes. Um, not for these circumstances. Like I ran the world championships in Doha in 2019. It was so hot. I basically passed out. So there's been some DNFs in my career for sure. But this is the first one due to mechanical failure. That's a good way of putting it. Mechanical <laughs> failure. I like that. Yeah, the Doha race. That Was that the one they did at like midnight because it was like so exceptionally hot? That that was it, yes. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. All right, 
And Bethany, how about you? Yeah, just an, also a tough day out there. Um, I ran up to Rooney till about, I don't know, seven miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of went off on my own and I was like, okay, I think I'm feeling all right. And then, I don't know, hit halfway. And it just seems like my body kind of runs out of gas. And this is kind of a new thing that I'm working through and I'm not quite sure what's going on, if it's like a mental edge that I've lost or if it's a physical thing. But yeah, I um, kept going until I think 16 and I was like, okay, I think I am about done here. And then I asked uh, like an official, hey, can I get a ride back? And they were like, well, in a few hours. So I decided that I would just jog it in for the next many miles and it took a really long time, Um, but I got to enjoy the marathon I guess and the fun things that are going on alongside the course that I never really would notice in the first place if I was racing so that was fun right and finished with the time of 255 is yeah. that right right around there yeah still on on a bad day to still run 255 it's, it's an exceedingly <laughs> good time for when you feel like hey the last 10 miles aren't going great yeah all right so I'd love to hear about the genesis of your partnership and not only that but like kind of who maybe initiated it and how it started to form early on as you guys started to work together, um, not only as a running duo, but certainly just the connection you made either off the track or off the roads as well. I don't know if you want to, who wants to start with that one. I can. Yeah, you might take it. Okay. It was definitely Haruni who initiated it. I like to call her the mayor of Broomfield. She knows everyone and she brings everyone together. That's just like what she's so good at. And I remember that she texted me, I think this was maybe the end of August, beginning of September, and said hey do you want to link up for this it was just a a short little workout and I was actually really scared because I was just kind of down and out like workouts weren't going too well I was on my own I had just left a team that I was on and I was kind of apprehensive and I was like I don't even know if I can like hang with you um but we ended up doing it and it was just so much more fun and it went really well and I think after that we just kept linking up Mm -hmm. I think Maybe yeah. More to the story. No, I mean, I appreciate that. I am not the mayor of Broomfield, <laughs> by the way. Let's clarify that. Not running for political office here. Um, I will return if I am. This is a great platform <laughs> to advocate for myself. Um, but I, yes, I think that's that was sort of the genesis of it. And also, there was so many circumstances. Like I traveled every week from early September through end of October for work, and. It, I wasn't able to train with Rise. That's a team that Rick Rojas and Nell Rojas have started in Boulder in the same way that I used to in my previous block. So having Bethany, who also works full-time, the schedule is matched up. We had to work out at early times in the morning, meet at random times on a Saturday, like those kind of things. And I think things started to click, and then we really enjoyed just being around each other as well, and so it just felt like a safe space to start from the ground up, because I was just working back from an injury. She had just left her team, and yeah, just having that trust and the safe space to fail if that's what happened, but we didn't fail. Like, our training was was awesome, and it was yeah. the first time in a long time that I've had that much fun in training and with a partner, with a training partner, so yeah, I think that's sort of how things came together. So what initiated it for you in terms of reaching out to Bethany to be like, hey, maybe this person's a good person to train with? Or like, like, what was your introduction to her like from the beginning? Or was this just like, hey, I saw you running down the street and found your like IG handle <laughs> and I'm tracking you down? That's funny. No, um, Bethany and I are both from Virginia. So we go way back to the East Coast, although she was homeschooled 
as we were going through high school at the same time and I was just going through the regular high school system. So I've always known who Bethany was. And so we've had that connection. And she, when she moved to Colorado, her first stint around, we just had some casual runs, got to know each other through there. We're fellow dog moms. That's a tight bond, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, and then just this end of this summer, um, I just knew that she didn't have anyone because she had just left her team. And I was going to be alone. So whether the option was to be alone and be miserable or find a new friend and see if it's going to work out, we took a bet on each other. Yeah. And I think it just worked out. That's great. That's un- unbelievable to hear. And Bethany, when you were there, sitting like, all right, I'm now not with this team. For you, was finding people to run with a priority or were you more just trying to figure it out on your own and just kind of not resigned to the fact that like, all right, I'm going to do this a little bit more solo than I had done in the past or are you kind of on the hunt to maybe find a new a new grouping? I knew I didn't want to be in a group again, um, but as I was going through the back and forth of being of wondering if I should quit my team, if I should do my own thing, we would run together for easy runs and we would sometimes do little workouts if I couldn't make it to practice. And I was like, this is really fun. And I feel like we would have such a good time working out together. But she was still on a team at the time. So it was kind of like a thought that I was hoping somehow we'd be able to make it work. And then, yeah, it worked out. Bethany, on Instagram, you've shared before, like after the Marathon Project, around that time, it seemed like your relationship with running, and maybe even broader than that, was something that was a little bit more tenuous than it was earlier on in your life. How has that? How have you progressed over the last couple of years? Not only as a runner and as an athlete, but just your approach to like the holistic view of being an athlete and what that means for you. Yeah, I dropped out of the marathon project and dropped out of many races that year. It was kind of that was the last year that I think I ran decently and then that everything just kind of fell apart and I had to come to terms with the fact that I needed to address an eating disorder that was lifelong and it was just getting worse and so I sent myself off to treatment and spent like six weeks at a treatment facility um, about two years ago now and um, then I got out and I had to rebuild from the very beginning the treatment center was the best thing I ever did for myself because I could have never dreamed of having friends and having a whole life and having so much freedom and space in my brain to think about other things other than like my body or food or whatever and but it's been very difficult I had to start at the bottom and I still feel like I'm kind of at the bottom trying to work back because my body just feels different I don't know if it's like tired from being treated terribly for a whole lifetime or um what it is but I definitely like this was the first block where I felt like myself we had training and it was so much fun to see the little glimpses of who I used to be and to feel okay in workouts again because I was just feeling like I was just bursting into flames like going lactic immediately in workouts and races and I couldn't get it together and so that gave me so much confidence and like peace of mind to know that it's all in there still and my body will come back eventually but I'm still very much on that journey and waiting for it to feel I don't know I don't know what normal will be but feeling normal again and as you progress through that what's it like in terms of trying to not kind of compare yourself to you know earlier versions of yourself right or different mm. time frames right like you mentioned right there uh in your latest answer like that obvious it's hard it can be obviously hard not to you know like 
this workout I used to do this way or yeah. this race I used to do this but I'm assuming that when you went through treatment there was you know the idea of hey you know you are that that comparison can be really detrimental in terms yeah. of progress so how have you just from on the running perspective been able to or try to not fall into those self-comparison traps it's so hard because when I was running my fastest I was my most unhealthy and so um yeah I think today I mean I'm still not there to with the fact where I'm not comparing myself I think I do it all the time but yeah I was running this race and the last time I ran here you know I ran my PR and it was a U.S. championship and I think I was like top five or maybe eighth I don't remember but the whole race when I was struggling I was just thinking I really <laughs> took myself for granted when I was fast and um like past Bethany was kind of a badass and I really appreciate I have so much appreciation for what my body was doing back then but it's so hard I, I guess I'm just thinking of it as this is this is a new version of me now it's not old me it never will be old me and I hope I'm never old me again and I just have to start from the beginning and kind of try not to look at old workouts and look at old races and just look forward but it is really hard I still feel like I'm doing it every race and every workout but I Herney has been my cheerleader she's so good at putting things into perspective and telling me to you know like calm down when I'm like freaking out about being slow now but is yeah. there an example like either a workout that's happened recently where you can point to like that that support mechanism that Haruni was able to provide I mean today <laughs> I was crying in my hotel room and she was sitting there and just like I was comparing myself and saying like, these other girls are so skinny and it's so tough to think like that could be you know it's logically that's not the difference that's not making a difference but Haruni was the one to just kind of I mean bring like a logical fresh perspective in there and to say like you know that's that's not our journey now like that's not what's something I have to worry about that's not that's not the reason um and I really appreciate having that perspective and Haruni what's it been like for you to like really embrace that role in in in, in this friendship where you know you obviously are someone who's very important to Bethany and you guys your relationship is more than just that support mechanism but what's it been like for you is like having that be a part of your friendship and being there for your friend yeah I just think that I'm grateful I get to play that role I don't know if I'm doing it well but I think that if I put myself in Bethany's shoes and if I was there I'd want my uh, the friend that I share hundreds of thousands of miles with to understand and be there for me in, in a really dark moment so and I know when I've gone through different dark spots in my own journey that there have been people there that have been my rock and so it's the least that I could do to pay that forward to somebody who's in that situation and like we're both having a tough day today but it's like it's never okay I think the results hardly ever tell the whole story right and so it's it somebody needs to just snap their fingers and zap you out in a mm -hmm. given time and so I just happen to be there at the right time I think all right, I want to take a quick break. First of all, to talk about VDOT. VDOT O2 is fantastic. It's a wonderful service, especially for runners. So if you're a runner out there and you are trying to coordinate your running, maybe you're not coached, you're self-coached, you want to find a place to organize all your stuff, to look, have it look as professional as possible, and to get assistance with what training paces to use, VDOT O2 is where it is at. I love this stuff. I coordinate my own running through there. In addition to that, you also can see different pace settings. So once you have a good um 
a good idea what your fitness is. You plug it into the V.02 system. It can tell you what your threshold pace is, your marathon pace, your half marathon pace, your 5K interval pace, all of that stuff. And you can set up the workouts exactly how you want them. Then you can then load the workouts into your watch, whether it's Coros, Garmin, or your Apple Watch. In addition to that, it goes the other way too. Once you do your workout, it uploads right to VDOT. It's all saved there and you can look at all the data. It's such a great service. In addition to that, 14 day free trial if you use code rambling at checkout and you can save 20% at v.o2.com using code rambling today. Also, I want to give a shout out to my good buddy, Jonathan Levitt, the For the Long Run podcast. If you're listening to this, then you love running podcasts, and I'm so glad that you do. One of the best ones out there is For the Long Run. I love this podcast so much because it really focuses on what people are thinking, the choices they make, and ultimately the mindset that allows them to do amazing things or to get over hurdles in their life to achieve the most that they can get out of themselves and in this sport. I just love this podcast so much. They they focus a lot on trail and ultra, but at the same time, the core concepts that they focus on, it doesn't matter what kind of running you do. It even doesn't matter what kind of sport you do. The, the, the inside knowledge that you get from some of these athletes is absolutely phenomenal. And as someone who loves that sort of thing, this is one of my top podcasts and has been for years. I've been a subscriber now for two years and it's going to keep going. So go check out For the Long Run on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts today. So let's talk about like when you're training together, right? You seem like two very fun-loving people. You and I have known each other you know, for a little bit of time. You know, we don't know each other incredibly well, but at the same time, it's when I've gotten to know you, you were obviously, you, got, you two both love to laugh. You obviously are fun-loving people. What's, what's it been like for you to try to interject the, that fun spirit into some like killer and hard workouts like you train incredibly hard right like you really put it on the line to do your best for these races you you both take it very seriously but it seems like you're also able to provide to provide a little bit of levity at points as well so how do you interject some of that levity into what is some very serious training oh gosh do you do you know how we do it <laughs> I, I just feel like we like to laugh at the situation. If we're having a bad workout, honestly, it's just kind of funny. We're like, wow, we suck today. <laughs> but <laughs> we give ourselves, or I always give us a, like a million conversions. We'll be like, well, we're at altitude, so that's 10 seconds. It's yes. cold, so that's 10 seconds. We had to work, so that's 10 <laughs> seconds. And we're like, wow, we had a great workout. Yeah, it, it is a 30-second delta. <laughs> so a six-minute mile is basically a 530. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the jobs, right? So you, you both work. Bethany, what do you do for your job? I'm a finance manager. Okay. And Rooney? I work in customer success for a healthcare company. Gotcha. So how do you coordinate your training with these jobs? I guess I'll start with you, Rooney, because it might be different for both of you in terms of whether it's singles or doubles or the, the time of day that works best for your run in conjunction with your work day. Like what, what does the schedule look like for you during this training block? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I think training fits around work because my career is very important to me and I'm not a professional runner, so I don't get a paycheck from a brand or a shoe sponsor or anything like that. Like my career is where I invest most of my effort into and so everything falls around. And a really great example is typically nine to five is off limits because that's when I start taking calls, that's my work day. So we meet at 6.15 in the morning. We have to be, there's a hard stop at 8.30, 8.40 to get in our cars because we need to be camera ready at nine. And then, I mean, we do double because we have to fit in the mileage somewhere. And luckily, 
we're proud members of this amazing gym called Lifetime in Broomfield <laughs> that we're obsessed with. And so um, when like recently the sun sets at, I don't know, 3.45, 4.15, whatever in Colorado. And so we'll treadmill double lift together. And that's been a nice outlet. But yeah. during the summer, it was just like meeting at 5.30. So fit, running around work, and then weekends are our weekends to do what we need to do. So how do you manage that, Bethany? Like the, the early time, like those early morning workouts, like what do you have to do the night before and the morning of to make sure that you're pretty close to at your best and ready to do those kinds of workouts so early in the morning on a work day? I think we both thrive in early mornings and we go to bed so early. So that's what, basically what, what's early. Like probably in bed by 930, I'd say. Even earlier, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was giving this a cushion just to sound cool. <laughs> to not sound psycho. <laughs> like, we, I would like to be in bed by, like, 8.45. So, yeah, we're kind of losers. But it works because <laughs> I like to be up early in the mornings. So, I don't know. Yeah. And, well, and, like, you have a dog and a cat. So, like, pre-planning your day. So, simple things like getting the bottles ready the night before. So, you're not scrambling with one extra thing to do in the morning. Um, and like planning on how long it's going to take to take your dog out, right? Those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And so many people who come on this podcast who are early morning runners and the vast majority of them are because just like you, they have a job and they're trying to get their runs in whenever they possibly can. And for the most part, those are usually in the morning because mm-hmm. I know you do doubles in the afternoon, but it can be tough after a work day to really like bring it, especially for like a workout where it's like yeah. the mental grind of the day, even if it's not physical because you're sitting at your desk all day or something like just the mental fatigue that can oh, yeah. just kind of like push you down a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so six fifteen workout, like what time are you like, are you leaving like to go to the track or wherever you happen to meet up? Probably six. Yeah. We're about 15 minutes from the track that we have access to. And there is the thing about being in Boulder County and using a Boulder County track is there's a hard stop where you need to be off the track as well. And so that's extra motivation to be really efficient with the warm up, the bathroom, and the one stride that we'll probably do before the workout starts. Um, So yeah, we have to be really fine tune on our routine. Yeah. So do you always do the same workouts? Like are you coached by the same person or are you just syncing up your workout plans? <laughs> oh, why don't you answer this? <laughs> well, we're kind of just coached by ourselves and mostly I Rooney because she's pretty good at putting together training plans. And so we've been doing basically all the same workouts together. Um and it's been really nice. This point in our careers, I think coming up with marathon training isn't rocket science. I don't even know what number marathon training block this is for me, but I know we're probably nearing double digits. Um, And so we know what our bodies naturally like and coming off of bilateral high hamstring injury, sacral stress reaction, Speed work was really hard. Well, that really hard. rolls off the tongue. How many it times do you so practice It so hard. I, I had to practice it before coming on. <laughs> and I probably didn't even still say it correctly. Um, but yeah, speed work was so, sort of a non-starter. Every time I started to do that, it was really hard. So we didn't do a ton of speed work, right? We just leaned no. into aerobic work and threshold, like long runs with workouts. And we only worked out, it was like one hard workout a week and one long run a week. And so that's different from what I used to do with Rick Rojas where we would have almost three quality sessions a week and my body just couldn't handle that and it seemed like Bethany's body was vibing with the setup we had too so that just added to the longevity of our 
partnership this fall and summer. No, that's great. And you guys talked about how, you know, Haruni, how you have helped Bethany, like as a supportive friend. At the same time, you're coming back from some major injuries. So I'd love to hear how Bethany maybe supported you as you're coming back from this stuff. Because as we all know, progression from serious injury is not linear. And the mental side can be, can be, you know, can play just as many tricks on us sometimes as the physical. Yeah, absolutely. I think the greatest thing that Bethany did as we were getting back from injury was we never raced a workout. And that is anyone who has been a collegiate athlete or been in a training program with a team, you know how hard it is when you're just being raced every single day and you're just overreaching a little bit beyond your comfort zone every day and how that just doesn't feel good because you need very much that step-by-step to be building up towards something. And Bethany was she could have dropped me so hard in those some of those early workouts no. but she was so patient and right. I mean, there especially was, early on right when you're just kind of getting back into it yep exactly and it was always just like does this feel good to you do we need extra rest and just being attentive and you probably didn't even realize it at the moment but that if if i didn't have like those three weeks of conscious like continuity i probably wouldn't be at the start line today at Sacktown because to your point that mental piece was so hard even if my body was functioning but having to see those wins in training was so important to know that I could maybe make a marathon start line again soon yeah absolutely all right let's talk about today so you're going through the race you obviously noticed that you know your legs aren't quite giving you what you thought they could right or maybe hoping that they would give you today did you have a certain expectation that that might happen or was that a little bit of a surprise once you hit the course I, th- I thought that there was a chance that could happen. Just I ran CIM one other time in 2021 and nowhere near the setbacks I've had during this leading up to this block. But I remember it being challenging. There were certain moments in the race where I was like, are we really going up that hill? <laughs> and yes, we were. <laughs> um, and so I, I had a feeling because hills and speed work were the two things that really got the posterior chain fired up. Um, but I was also very encouraged by the fact that I was able to have a really solid 10 weeks of training and do things that I haven't done in years, do a 24 mile long run that was high quality, um, things like that. So I was like cautiously optimistic that that wouldn't happen. But of course, it's a puzzle piece and I'm, I'm happy and proud of all the work that we did to get here. But the result just wasn't there today. Right, and it happens, right? You could have said yeah. before it was a mechanical failure, right? And like it's inspiring to see you put it on the line, see what you can do. And you know, for so many of us, especially coming back from injury, it can really make you just tentative to really engage, right? Especially on the training side, right? To be like, all right, do I really want to do the kind of work that you mentioned that really engages the posterior chain if that's where the injury is coming from? And it's like, all right, do I really want to you know, the, the, the fear of, of doing it and even like the phantom pains sometimes mm-hmm. associated with it as well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I mean, I have a history as a coach. And so there's always like multiple voices in my head that are like, less is more, less is more. And having just been injured, I mean, I got my PRP at the very last day of July. So it it's been months, right? I did not want to be back there and have to start that far up and start the climb again and so 
as shameful as it is to, as it is to drop out of such a great race and like they brought oh, us out here. Say, oh, I gotta stop you there. We can't say it's shameful, right? I mean, well, obviously, it it's was not what for you me, wanted. but okay. absolutely, yeah. But what I was saying was, I advocate for people putting their health first, mm. no matter what it is. Right. And so, if I was a coach and this is my athlete and I got that phone call, I would be like, you 100% did the right thing. Mm. Although it doesn't feel good now, it might not feel good tomorrow, but you made the right decision long-term. That's a great point. We oftentimes treat ourselves differently than we treat you know, the people that we're, the people that we're connected to, that are friends, our clients, if we're a coach, even loved ones sometimes, right? And that, that certainly is the case. Bethany, as you were coming into the race today, did you have a certain range of potential outcomes that you were hoping for or goals associated with the race, whether they are time-based goals or procedure-based goals, like, all right, the, the way you want to feel or other things like that? Yeah, we were hoping to run, well, I was hoping to run between 235 and 237. Um, I don't have my trials qualifying standard yet, so I was hoping to sneak under. Um, and yeah, I really just wanted to have a good experience and feel good, but I did know that it was a risk. I had run a marathon three weeks ago, um, and I wasn't quite sure. Like, I felt pretty good. My body felt good going into it, but I wasn't sure what would happen. Um, but yeah, obviously didn't really hit any of those goals today, so that was a bummer, but... So tell me about the marathon three weeks ago and then the, the quick conversion to CIM after that. Yeah, I ran 240 at the Richmond Marathon and I ran pretty much all by myself the whole time. And I didn't feel terrible. I felt I was really proud of myself. I felt kind of like a little like my old self and for having no help and doing it all by myself. I thought if I have people around me and I have Rooney, um, I'm going to be fine and I'll be able to sneak under the standard and knock off those three minutes. Um, and so, yeah, as soon as I finished Richmond, I knew I wanted to do CIM because she was going to be there. And I originally wanted to switch my plans and do CIM, but there was no spots. And um, it happened that Danielle, the race director, hooked me up so hard. She ended up giving me a room and an entry and basically everything. And so it all kind of fell into place to come to CIM. Yeah, so at that point, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I got to at least give it a try, mm -hmm. right? So, again, I would ask this question of anybody, but we talked about self-judgment before as well. Like, obviously, coming off, like, just running a 240 three weeks ago, the chances of, like, running even better three weeks later, even with the positive, you know, characteristics that this race has going for it, was going to be pretty tough, right? So, yeah. how, so when you're standing at the starting line, how do you manage kind of, like, the, the dream aspect of like, I would like to get this certain time. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like my fitness is there and this is the goal is associated with like these external things like qualify for the Olympic trials while at the same time knowing like three weeks is a really short turnaround between marathons, right? Yeah. And, like, and you know that. So mm -hmm. how do you balance the two at the starting line and try to keep a positive mindset uh, the whole way? Uh, I think I was just super delusional. I, it was never a thought. <laughs> I don't know. It was never really a thought in my mind on the starting line. I felt fine. I felt normal. And so I just thought, well, you know, Richmond wasn't that hard of an effort. And I feel like I recovered pretty quickly. So this will be a blast. I was so excited. Um, and I haven't been excited for a race in a really long time. So that alone was really fun to not be standing there dreading it. I was like, this is going to be a good time. So are those positive things that you think you can take forward with you into 2024 as you try to basically it seems like you know kind of not recapture because that's certainly not that we want not the way we want to frame it but like become the runner that you see yourself being in the future do you feel like the, there are positive aspects of what you've done over the last month that can help lead you down that path that you obviously are working so hard towards 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, this whole block has been so positive and yeah, it's kind of changed my relationship with running and made it fun again. And yeah, not having that night before when you're going to bed and dreading like, why am I racing a marathon in the morning? This is such a terrible idea and it's going to be horrible. Last night I went to bed and I was so excited and thinking like, this is going to be so fun to like basically go on a long run with my friends. What a wonderful feeling. Yeah. I mean, that is fantastic to hear, right? Because I mm -hmm. think so many of us have, can have experienced that dread before and so rarely do we yeah. have that, that opposite feeling. That yeah, for sure. That was so nice. Well, thank you for sharing so much of your journeys together with us today. Moving forward, what are your plans, Haruni, for 2024, if you have any? Oh, gosh, you're really putting me on the <laughs> spot. Um, I think I just want to get back to basics and stay healthy. I like really need to start connecting the dots of staying healthy. It's been 2021 was my it's crazy. That's two years ago. That was CIM was my last good result and I've had a really hard time staying healthy in those two years since and I think we've turned the tide and I think the puzzle pieces will come together I have, I'm a believer I have faith um so I would love to get back to being able to do some speed work because I think everything just the tide just rises the faster you get marathon pace starts to feel easier um so I'm I'm looking forward to doing some shorter things, getting some wins and building that confidence back up because I would love, <laughs> I'd love to just continue to have Sri Lanka be a country that's spoken about when they talk about Asian athletics. And um, at the moment, I'm the only distance runner who's able to do that for Sri Lanka just because I'm out here in the US, I have access to be able to travel, that kind of thing. And so as long as I can do this, I'd like to be that advocate for a country that doesn't have a very big and robust distance running program. Um, yeah. And if people want to hear more about you know, your connection to Sri Lanka, your journey as someone who represents them uh, in these races, I would definitely tell people to go listen to our previous podcast episode where we talk all about it. <laughs> nice plug. Sure. I love it. I'm trying my best here. Trying. All right. Bethany, how about you? Any plans for 2024? Well, we were talking about not running any races over a 10K. Um, marathons are very overwhelming right now and so yeah I especially when you put two in three weeks it yeah I will not be repeating that in 2024 um and yeah I want to like she said work on some speed do things that feel mentally more manageable um because a marathon's a long way to suffer if you're not having a good day and a 5k is not very long so may not be an amazingly fast insane 5k but I want to get back to basics do some short stuff and do you enjoy the, the the shorter workouts a little bit more than the marathon workouts, or do you not have a preference? Yeah, I think it's more fun. Mm -hmm. We love speed. Like, we love... Okay. Haruni can slay me, okay, no. but, but think Haruni back loves to those, speed. That 400 workout, when we went 69 on that last 400, that and you were deal. absolutely shook. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good feeling. That's awesome. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been an absolute blast. It's always great to connect with you two. And thanks again for coming on. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, Matt.